Hello, podcasts. This is On The Left Side, your alternative football show, and I'm Jim. This week, we've got a glimpse inside the head of a relegation-threatened manager as David Moyes gave an interview to the Sunderland Echo explaining his recent choice for a midfield pairing after the dropping of Endong. I decided I wanted Jack and Gibbo together. I thought the game might suit more Britishness in the middle of the pitch. David Moyes, football genius. Forget all your set pieces, your high press, forget your three at the back. The real secret of winning football matches is more Britishness. Next week, keep an eye out for the Sunderland team coming out of the tunnel with knotted hankies on their heads, spending 30 minutes complaining about the weather before the match and having a nice cup of tea to make things better when they inevitably lose. That should really up the Britishness a bit. So, what's coming up on this week's show? We come up with an award-winning TV show idea, if you're listening TV executives. We uncover a love affair in Manchester and find a new sport that England can finally do well in. But first, we've still not run out of Arsene Wenger gags yet. Arsenal fans have been on tenterhooks this week after Arsene Wenger hinted that all would be revealed on his future at the club very, very soon. I know what I will do in my future, so you will soon know. The only question is how soon is soon. Is it soon compared to how long Wenger has been at the club? Or soon as in how soon after the start of the season the Gunners fans lose all hope of winning anything this year? Or soon as in how soon will chances of Champions League qualification vanish this season? We just don't know. What we do know is Tony Pulis apparently has the answer. The West Brom manager claims that he doesn't think that Arsenal will be Wengerless next season because he heard it from the man himself. Clearly, this is not information that should be trusted. A, because Pulis is an almost 60-year-old man who still wears a baseball cap, and B, because he was clearly joking when he said it. Neither of those facts prevented the papers from printing various versions of the word exclusive and revelation in big letters on the back pages of their papers this week, claiming that the ink was already drying on the Frenchman's brand new contract. I'm not sure it's looking that rosy for Wenger. Even celebrity fans are beginning to stick the boot in. Piers Renter controversial statement Morgan was on TalkSport this week, delighted to once more climb aboard his Wenger out soapbox and give a damning appraisal of the manager's transfer policy. This is a guy who just spent £35 million on Mustafi and Xhaka. And I wouldn't trust him with £10 to buy me a good sandwich, let alone a world-class player. Ten quid for a sandwich? No wonder the fans are pissed off if those are the prices at the Emirates. Or maybe it's just a really big sandwich. A really big sandwich that would probably do a better job at the back than most of the Arsenal defenders this season. And playing alongside Per Mertesacker, it's today's captain, Meatball Marinara. As for the fans, well, they're becoming a bit of a laughing stock too. Even unable to organise a good old aerial protest if last week's shocking display of aeronautics is anything to go by. During the West Brom game, we saw flown over the Hawthorns a Wenger out banner. Then, a few minutes later, a Wenger in banner. I'm half expecting to see a Wenger shake it all about banner being pulled by a plane over the Emirates when they play City next week. Knees bend, arms stretch, sack him now. Who exactly has enough money that they can afford to hire a sign maker, a plane and a pilot just because they're a little bit annoyed that their football club isn't winning anything? Arsenal fans are clearly all loaded. 
Maybe they can justify £10 for a sandwich after all. And if they can afford that, well, they need to stop getting so angry about season ticket prices. But the angry, fam-spouting crackbots on Arsenal TV are becoming too much of a cliché now, in my opinion. They're getting too much attention for their hate and vitriol, embarrassing most of the Arsenal fans who they claim to represent. Instead, today, let's hear from a different voice. A voice with a solution. A fan with a clear vision of how Arsenal can sort out this unholy mess that they find themselves in. It didn't even look like he had any shin pads on. You couldn't even see a bulge there where the shin pads were. Wear decent shin pads. That's the first thing that we need to get right in this club. Yep, forget bad buys, player attitude, poor tactics, Champions League exits, empty trophy cabinets, tight budgets, stadium atmosphere, poisonous fans, fourth place finishes, substandard leadership, broken promises, high expectations, growing competition, in-house rifts and ineffectual management. If Arsenal can't get their shin pad policy right, what hope do they have? I don't remember Carlo Ancelotti being nearly as entertaining when he was Chelsea manager as he clearly is now he's taken up the top job at Bayern Munich. Take, for example, his recent TV appearance on Bayern Munich's very own TV channel, on which he appeared to share his very own recipe for spaghetti carbonara. Pancetta, and then um, we have to to cook pancetta with oil. Okay. I like to use the onion, but we didn't bring here onion, and so we cook without onion. I love it. And you can't imagine the likes of Ian Holloway popping up on telly in this country to share his special recipe for a banana split, can you? Actually, do you know what? I can imagine that. In fact, maybe this could be a new TV show. Football managers cooking foods that rhyme with their names. Steve Bruce making juice. Louis van Hal and his warming tarkadal. Sam Allardyce, jerk chicken and rice. Martin O'Neill's favourite cuts of veal. I could go on, but I won't. What do you mean Ancelotti doesn't actually rhyme with spaghetti? Well, that makes the entire last three minutes absolute nonsense. Screw you. Okay, maybe that doesn't work. Also, it's a terrible, terrible idea. So let's move on. If he's not going to get his very own cookery show anytime soon, then what about the Italian manager's other big selling point? His eyebrows. To be precise, his left eyebrow. The Bayern boss has become well known for his incredibly expressive furry caterpillars that dominate his face. But when he was asked about it on a recent interview on TalkSport, he confessed. Unfortunately, I cannot have a control of my eyebrows. Unfortunately. Now that I would pay to watch. Carlo Ancelotti and his uncontrollable eyebrows. Please welcome on stage, Mr. Carlos Ancelotti. It's more entertaining than England versus Lithuania. Pep Guardiola has clearly been closely watching Jose Mourinho this season. He has watched the Portuguese begin his work across the city at United and he has learnt from the man himself. And what I mean by that is Pep Guardiola 
has started spouting absolute shite in his press conferences. Take last week's disappointing draw with Liverpool. How would Pep appraise the result? Was he disappointed that City had lost further ground on the leaders' Chelsea? No. It's one of the days on my proud the most, and it's one of the most special days of my life. Really? A draw with Liverpool in which your Fords spurned countless chances and your defence allowed the opposition to pass through them like a kebab van special on a Sunday morning? That was the most special day of your life? Not signing your first contract as a player for Barcelona, or returning to win La Liga as a manager for the first time, or winning the league with Bayern Munich, or the two Champions League titles or World Coach of the Year award, or getting married or your first child being born, or managing to get Raheem Sterling to pass the ball without tripping over his own feet. No, none of those things. It was definitely that game. Surely that massively satisfying dump you took last week was a more significant moment than a 1-1 draw with Liverpool. And this comes from a man who is king of the understatement too. When he picked up the award for Manager of the Month for February, this is how he responded. Manager of the Month is unbelievably nice. For me, it doesn't matter. A, it's a huge honour, or it's for the team would have been nice, but no, just pure dismissal from Pep Guardiola. It's the same reaction I get when my dad opens his carefully selected Christmas present that I've got him. Anyway, the real rubbish came from Guardiola's impassioned defence of £50 million defender John Stones, who looks about the same value for money as the taxpayer gets out of West Ham's new stadium right now. But not to Pep, because Pep sees John Stones' hidden attributes. And when I say hidden attributes... John Stones had more personality than all of us here to wear in this room. More balls than everyone here, guys. Well, it's difficult to tell in those baggy shorts, but I guess that could be why he looks so immobile sometimes. Clearly Pep has been won over by John Stones and his giant stones because there seems to be a bit of a love affair between the Spanish manager and his English defender right now. So and I like that place. People criticise him, the people say, well, won. he went there and play again and want to play when we talk and that. I love. So I am delighted to have John. With all his huge and amount of mistakes they have, I love him. I love this kind of guys with this personality. All I want in life is for someone, at some point, to talk about me the way that Pep Guardiola talks about John Stones. <sighs> Maybe those two need to go and have a cold shower. But speaking of love affairs, do you remember Mohamed Anas from last week's show? He was the Free State Stars player who seemingly inadvertently revealed a secret love affair that he was having in his post-match interview. And I appreciate my fans also. My wife and my girlfriend, yeah, I mean my wife, yeah, sorry to say, I love you so much. I well, like any good man backed into the corner, he has kept on digging himself into an ever deeper and growingly massive hole. Trying to clarify his gaffe, he gave an interview last week and explained his slip of the tongue when he said this. My family knows that I call my daughter my girlfriend. That's what I was talking about. I don't have a girlfriend. What? No, no. That's worse. It's also a terrible excuse. Up there with the dog ate my homework. Still, we now know when Pep Guardiola next talks publicly about a love for his wife or his girlfriend, we know who he's really thinking of. I love John. I love him. It's time for today's batshit crazy idea of the week. No, no jingle again. No jingle for that. Really? Fine.
Just when you thought that Michel Platini had cornered the market in absolutely ridiculous footballing ideas, then up steps a Russian MP to steal that baton. We all laughed when Gianni Infantano said he had no concerns over hooliganism during the 2018 World Cup in Russia. Well, it's quite possible that Russian politician Igor Lebedev has taken it too far the other way. The Liberal Democratic Party member has proposed that the violence on the football terraces be moved into the arena itself in a sport that he's called Draka, in which two footballing firms go head to head with pure violence. He said, Russia pioneer new sport. Fans arrive, start picking fights. Challenge accepted. Meeting in stadium at set time. That's an actual Russian Lib Dem MP's opinion. Maybe Nick Clegg would have had far more impact if he'd suggested the odd ruck or two over university tuition fees. I really think tuition fees are wrong. Anyway, at first I was outraged, disgusted and amused by the suggestion, as I'm sure you were. But then I thought about it for a second. The only headlines that England created during the European Championships last year that didn't involve an abject display on the field was the violence they were involved with off it. And in a way, when it comes to being a complete and utter knob, England kind of lead the way. So could we have finally found a sport that England could genuinely be world champions at? Just imagine, we take the most idiotic and brain-dead England fans, remove them from the terraces, stick them in a Stone Island team kit hoodie, and away you go. It would certainly make match days more... interesting. I am home. How was the match, honey? Ah, oh, it was a great game. We went ahead early in the 100-metre plastic chair hurling. Then they pulled it back with the abuse-throwing championship. And then, right at the end, Nicky Knuckles pulled it out of the bag with a dozen GBHs and a charge of a fray. I can't wait to watch the highlights. That's great. Glad you had a good day. Yeah, it was great. The only down point was having to watch England play afterwards. And the best thing about it is, it would cost nothing to stage the event. All the funds would be raised by scooping up those coins that they throw onto the pitch before the game. Right, that's your lot. Another episode of On The Left Side is done. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can get next week's fast and free. You could do that however and wherever you are listening to this show. In fact, do it now. I'll wait for you. Done? No, no, okay, okay. No, take time. There we go, good, done. Good. Right, I'm off to make hummus with Tony Poulis, cook a cow with Eddie Howe, or even boil seasonal vegetables with Terry Venables, because that's full time. Bye. On the left side is a Paint Your Headphones production for Abrupt Audio. If you enjoyed today's show, please take some time to rate and review our show on iTunes or however you listen to podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.